Ah, uh, yeah. What's going on, guys? You already know what it is. You already know what it's about. It's your boy, J-Rudd, host of J-Rudd's World. Welcome to another episode, guys. I'm trying to be consistent, upload uh, episodes each and every single day. But all my wrestling fans out there, I got a treat for you because on the line right now, I have none other than the one and only, the guardian of chaos himself, Mr. Big Daddy. What's going on, sir? Jay Rudd, man. Uh, thanks for bringing me out to the West Coast, brother. I just want to say I uh, uh, hope everybody's doing well and give big shout-outs from uh, back here east. And it's a pleasure to be on the realest podcast in the world, Jay. So uh, thanks for uh, exposing me out there to my fans on the West Coast, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, absolutely. You know, it just seems as if, like, yesterday I just started this podcast, man. Because, I, I know, as I upload a new episode, it just feels as if, like, I'm, like, just getting started or what have you. Because I've only been doing this for about a year. Now, let me tell you, Jay, how I was turned on to the realest podcast in the world. Uh, I, I heard you're a young up-and-comer. You are an entrepreneur. And, and, you know, I was turned on to you by Vinnie Beetle. That, uh, you know Vinnie Beetle, Jay Rudd. You know what he is, right? He's a scumbag. That's what <laughs> Vinnie Beetle is. He's a scumbag. Right? Plain and simple. Scumbag. Hey, you know what? But you know, but whenever people ask me about Vinny, man, shout out to Vinny, by the way. They, you know, they said, so what's it like to work with Scumbag Vinny? I said, you know what? I haven't met. I, I tell him, I say, I haven't met Scumbag Vinny yet. I, I, I met Vinny Beetle. Well, let me just tell you something. I've seen him perform live. I've seen him on YouTube. And there is a definite difference between Vinny Beetle and the Scumbag. But make no mistake about it. You check out his work on YouTube, or you go to Twitter, or you go to TikTok, and Vinny Beetle is one funny son of a bitch, man. I'm telling so you. So he, he, he turns me on to uh, the realest podcast in the world, and also another co-sponsor that I think we have something in common for, with the Mario and Chaos show, mm-hmm. because I also have a podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm sure the, the fans on the West Coast, I mean, we're, we're pretty out there. We're in season two. We just dropped episode 63 of the Mario and Chaos show, and that's with former WWE pro wrestling legend Mario Mancini, who worked for Vincent Kennedy McMahon in the World Wrestling Entertainment Federation from 1984 to 1992. Mm. Now, that was pre-WrestleMania, rock and wrestling, MTV, Hulk Hogan, which led into the Attitude Era, and this is the stuff that we're going to talk about, but we're, we're out there on iHeart, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, we have a, a big following, and we also are in touch with an unbelievable group and unbelievable people. My boy, Mr. Hempel Stilskin. That's right. Mr. Hempel Stilskin <laughs> at Sweet Heel, man, for Purity, Clarity, and CBD. And I know we're going to talk about it at my age, J-Rod. And let me tell you, I am older than the Super Bowl, the Guardian of Chaos, and I tell it like it is. Bro, I didn't think about that, J-Rod. When you got on here right now, you want to talk about OG? Double OG, I know I'm out in Cali right now, uh, out in the Modesto area uh, with the Reels podcast. And, bro, let me tell you something. I'm older than the Super Bowl, so uh, you got Double OG on the podcast. And Sweet Heel, I don't know if I can get through a day, J-Rod, without mm-hmm. Sweet Heel. I'm looking over here in my office because I'm at Chaos Quarters here in the East Coast. You know, I- I'm trapped between New York City, Philly, Jersey, and Boston. So I'm in the major metropolitan area here on the East Coast, and it's blowing up. And I look over here in the office at Chaos Headquarters, and all you see, J-Rod, is tinctures and mm. lotions and balms. And, 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 you know, I got some edibles because, you know, I'm a little legal here. You know, Sweet Heel, 
Connecticut grown, homegrown, Connecticut owned. And we're reaching out to the East Coast, West Coast, South, uh, North. It doesn't matter across the border, around the world. I'd be lost without Sweet Heel, especially with the injury to that my age. So uh, mm-hmm. that's what we have in common, Jay Rudd. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And if you guys do go to SweetHeel.com and use promo code JRUDSWORLD, you guys are going to get 20% off all products that are over 50 bucks. So be sure to you guys go and uh, get your products, man. It's pretty cool. Well, I will say this. They're definitely harvesting the sweet healing power of nature, bro, with science and technology. Who knew, man? Who knew? Dude, Vinny Vinny sent me something uh, the other day. And uh, it was a video that said that uh, CBD can possibly uh, cure uh, COVID-19. But it was a study. It was a study. So we don't know for sure. It was a study. Well, I can give you some breaking news on on, uh, on your sponsor, Sweet Heal. Mm -hmm. And again, go to SweetHeal.com. I'm in touch with Mr. Hempelstilskin. He's on Twitter, at Mr. Hempelstilskin. He is the owner. Uh, I'm right here in the same state where Sweet Heal is produced. It's an incredible plant. It's an incredible product. It is for wellness. It's for, they, they're right now, J-Rod, I'm not sure if, uh, if the scumbag told you, because we know he's a scumbag. <laughs> uh, they're making actual hand sanitizer now from hemp at Sweet Heal. Yep. The process of how they make the tinctures and the oils, and you could even use it for your pets. J-Rod, being here, you got to come out here, bro, and you got to get to the plant. You got to meet up with Mr. Hempel Stilskin. I don't know how you want on Twitter. Uh, we're blowing up. Hit me up on Twitter, too, Jay, before we get started here with the realest podcast in the world. That's at Big Daddy GOC. And the GOC stands for the Guardian of Chaos. And then hit us up on Twitter. We have uh, uh, the boys over at, at Mario and Chaos. And on Twitter, it's at Mario underscore chaos for the Mario and Chaos show, bro. We're here. We're part of the same community, and, and, and I'm digging your podcast. I listened to that last episode, and I'm open for all conversations, brother. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, because you guys already know how we get down here, man. I like to – I'm, I'm I'm versatile. You know, I talk about anything and everything or what have you. I'm open to politics, music. Anytime I have guests on, you know, I just – you know, I – any – Anytime I have guests, it's just, it's beautiful, man. I, I, I just love connecting with people. And, you know, somebody like you, we were talking on the phone before this interview, and you said that you have, you have, that your resume, <laughs> you, yeah, your resume seems as if like you could have been Obama's bodyguard. Well, it, it, that's a shoot, man. And when I say that's a shoot, that means, that means I'm telling it like it is. Yeah, that's man. That's me. I am the guardian of chaos, and I tell it like it is. Listen, I've been around a long time. And you're right, we talked uh, pre-podcast, and we went into each other's background. You know, uh, I'd like to think that this is old school meets new school because we are on the same page. You're, mm-hmm. you're a young dude, but you seem like you have a lot of knowledge. And I'm old school, and I like to pass on knowledge. And, and you're right. I've experienced a lot. I've done a lot. I've been everything from a bounty hunter to a private investigator to a repo man to a private bodyguard. I, I worked behind the walls for 25 years with the worst of the worst mm-hmm. from all over the country. People that society have deemed that they've done something to hurt somebody. The people that in normal society that scare the living shit out of people and make people victims, 
that's what I did for 25 years. And I survived, J-Rug. Mm-hmm. And you want to be the realest podcast in the world? Well, you may have the realest guest in the world on your podcast. Because I survived from the streets. And I survived on respect. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, it's, it's all about respect in my world, whether it be professional wrestling, the music industry, life behind the walls, career as a man. In order to get respect, you have to start with respecting yourself. Exactly. Once you do that, J-Rudd, you open up other people's minds to respecting you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's three types of people in this world, those who don't know what happened, those who wonder what happened, and then people like the Guardian of Chaos and J-Rudd, Vinny Beetle, Sweet Heel, that make things happen. And that's a subliminal message from a West Coast guy out there, if you know what I'm talking about when it comes to the music industry. And I hope that we get into that because we have that in common. Let's get into the music industry. Let's get into it right now. Um, But we all know Takashi 69 is out of jail and he's trolling. And he's, (laughs) yeah, he's trolling. He's doing. You're talking about Takashi 69. Let me tell you where I'm coming from. And I know who he is because I keep current. Mm-hmm. I'm old. I'm, I'm old school, but I always keep in touch with new school mm-hmm. because we have to band together in order to continue for each other to follow each other. Right. As you're talking about the Kashi Six Nine in the background here at Chaos Headquarters, I'm listening to the Daz Band. Let it whip. Let it whip, baby. The Daz Band from 1982. And I was telling you beforehand, Jay Rudd. Uh, you know, trying to turn you on to something different. I was also listening to Walk On By by D-Train back to 1982. Now, that's East Coast-style, OG-style, where it all started. I was right here in the Mecca before that whole East Coast, West Coast, Tupac, Biggie. We could talk about that because I was already in my 30s when mm-hmm. all that was going down, and I was in the industry in my middle and late 20s. So we mm-hmm. can talk about that. But Takashi, man, he better be careful. He's getting a lot of social media. Uh, uh, I keep up on things. I don't know the ins and outs because he's not my style. Right. But I respect the, I respect everybody. He's going to be looking over his shoulder for a long time, yeah. my friend, um, unless this is something that's a setup. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? I understand, man. And, and from the looks of it, it looks as if like he's being protected. <laughs> well, there no, there's no two ways about that. He yeah. had somebody in his pocket. He may have had information on somebody. Uh, you know how that goes. It's, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's always good to have information and dirt on your opponents and your allies, if you know what I'm talking about. Right. And that's keeping it real. You wanted, you wanted me to be on, well, actually, I, I wanted to be on also, the realest podcast in the world. We're going to keep it real because this is the perfect show for the Guardian of Chaos. So go on with Takashi, j Rub. I would love to hear what you have to say about that. But Takashi, man, I just don't see how... I don't know. I just don't see how somebody who snitches on like his whole crew can come out and like be so proud of being a snitch. You see, you see how he's owning. He he's owning being a snitch. You know, he's trying to do that. Like Godfrey said, I was watching. I was watching the Vlad interview with Godfrey, and Godfrey said something. I, I love Vlad, man. Yeah, man. And so Vlad, Vlad was. Uh, Godfrey was telling him, yeah, you know, Takashi. He's trying to do that Eight Mile thing. Remember that movie Eight Mile? Whenever, uh, whenever M was going up against Papa Doc. And, you know, M already knew everything that Papa Doc had to say against him. So we just started. He's trying to pull that eight mile stuff. He's like, he's trying to own being a snitch. And people are just like, nah, man, that ain't going to work. Well, that ain't going to work. history always repeats itself. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the music industry, pro wrestling, or life in general, we have learned, and especially at my age, that history has, has repeats itself. And look how good this is that Jay Rudd and the Guardian of Chaos could be on the same page. And, and you are a young man. 
who's spreading his ring, wings and having big success, and I'm an OG who's still trying to do the same thing. So no matter what, the, the whole point is no matter where you are, where you're from, who you are, whatever demographic you hit, whoever you are, it doesn't matter. You don't give up. You continue to follow your passion and your dreams, and you're looking at a guy who's 56 years old, okay, and keeping it real, and I'm still living my dream mm-hmm. of what I was trying to do when I was a teenager, you know, and, and, even, and even younger. So the, the connection that we could have here on this is unbelievable. And I'd like to compare your generation of, of the people in social media and what's trending, like we're talking about Takashi 69. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, Jay Rudd, you get back into my history and some of the guys that we work with and the experiences that I had when I was private security and private bodyguard, man, uh, and, and you'll see the big difference. Uh, I, I was fortunate enough, and I'll ramble on and roll on because this is what I do. I was fortunate enough down in the Bahamas back in the 80s to hook up with Bobby Brown, Belviv DeVoe, oh, okay. when, they were teen, when they were teenagers. I'm, I'll bodyguard, Kali. I'm into Bobby Brown and uh, Belviv, uh, New Edition. Man, that's my stuff. Well, they man. were New Edition at the time. Okay. They were New Edition at the time. Now, I hooked up with them at the hotel in the Bahamas. I hooked up with Khalid who was their bodyguard, and they ended up hiring me for the weekend. They had a concert there. It was New Edition with Ray Parker Jr. and the Solid Gold Dancers, which I'm sure everybody hit Google, man. Go out there and search all this stuff because it's out there. This is old school, so this is what you get in the Guardian Chaos. Hey, listen, I'm on the realest podcast in the world, so this this is how we got to keep it. So I was fortunate enough to hang out with them. I still got the photos here in Chaos Quarters with Bobby and all them on the beach and, and, and Michael Vivens and all them. Mm-hmm. They were such. Um, which one was not there? There was one of them that was not there. You see, that ended up coming along. Yeah. Uh, but man, let me tell you something. They were. They were. You could see the youth and exuberance and experience. And I ended up running into them later on, when I was working a show here in Connecticut on the East Coast because we're close to the cities. Right. I was fortunate enough, long before they ever hit the scene big, bro, to work for work with, I don't want to say for, mm-hmm. I don't confuse your audience, to work with mm-hmm. uh, Slick Rick, De La Soul, Big Daddy Kane, LL Cool J, I'll never forget the experiences I had with these men, now I'm there backstage on Bodyguard in the dressing room, I gotta walk LL and, and, and Big Daddy to the stage, make sure they come off the stage, nobody comes for them and walk them back to the stage, you know, now every, every dressing room is loaded with women and lobster and Heineken's, bro. But, you know, I got to be on my game. And who comes rolling up? And back then, the big thing was the gold limited editions of the Jeep Cherokee. Here comes new edition. Here comes Bobby Brown, okay? Now, they hand me a tape to give to them guys to say, hey, you know, we're, we're still trying to get big and stuff like that and get exposed. And to see all these guys together and all that talent when they were young men, younger than what you are now, J-Rod, and I was already an older dude at that time. You know, by older dude, I'm talking about late 20s, early 30s, where these guys were kids. Mm-hmm. So to see all that talent together and, and to be able to work with them uh, was amazing. You know, and listen, we can get on to, uh, I've had experiences with Metallica and Jimmy Buffett and Rod Stewart and Madonna. I mean, it, it, it goes on and on, the people that I've had a chance to rub elbows with, you know, and we, the transition over. You know, I worked with Crucible and, and Foreigner and Journey and bands like that. So I had a lot of experiences. And the one that's really funny, and I'd like to relate to your audience, this is all about the East Coast music scene right now, but you see how famous these guys ended up becoming. Oh, yeah. I'm walking to the stage, right? 
uh, just walked LL back to his dressing room. Now, I wasn't starstruck or nothing like that because that's a business. I was also working behind the walls. So I was subcontracted out as an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. So now Slick Rick comes walking in. Now he got all kinds of people around him. You know, he's blowing up back then. Even with DMX, I ran into here, uh, you know, close by here in New York. So here comes Big Daddy Kane. Now back then, you know, I'm 6'1, I was 230 pounds. You know, uh, I look totally different. Now I'm down to 215. I keep in shape. I'm older. Back then, I was just, you know, I just was quiet demeanor and kept it in check, and I was very professional. So he's Big Daddy Kane. Now I got tattooed. I'm the guardian of chaos, Big Daddy. I was more Big Daddy back then because of my size and just the gimmick. Now I'm just basically the guardian of chaos because I create chaos, as you can tell, yeah. here on the Remus Podcasting World. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking okay. of which, speaking of which, you sent me you sent me a few videos. You sent me a few videos before we uh, before we started talking, <laughs> before you called me. And yeah, we got to talk about that. But how? What? Where did the guard? Where did the Guardian of Chaos like come from, man? And I, you sent me a few yeah. videos. And in one of the videos, the announcer was saying anybody who's associated with Big Daddy gets a negative response. I'm like, what? What the heck's this dude doing? Dude, I was heat, man. I, I brought heat. Let me just tell you something when it comes to branding and who you are and stuff like that. I, I want to finish up with Slick Rick first, but I'm mm-hmm. glad you touched on that, uh, Jay Red. I'm glad you touched on, on that part of it because we'll get into pro wrestling for the, for the fans. Like I said, we could talk all topics, but I love the music industry, and I wish I was still in it, and it was a very tough industry, but I, I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot in the music industry. I made a lot of connections, although it didn't help me. You know, it got me on Jerry Springer, it got me on Ricky Lake, it, it got me a national deal with a clothing company, the Big Daddy Clothing Company. Used to see all the big boys wear, that's East Coast, West Coast. I was representing the same company that guys like Shaq were and a whole bunch of different rappers and 50 Cent and stuff like that. But I never signed a contract and I always just seemed to miss that opportunity. But back to Big Daddy Kane. So I'm walking, and I just said, I said, you know what, Chaos, I'm going to say this, man, with all due respect. But I said, hey, I said, hey, Kane, I'm Big Daddy. So he turns, you know, he got the hat on, he got the look, the shades. He's one cool motherfucker, man, Slick Big Daddy Kane. Just, just say it like that. So I have a tattoo on my body. I have a tattoo on my body because I have two daughters. When they were born in the 80s, I was big. They called me Big Daddy, and I had a tattoo on my body. So I said, hey, I said, Slick, check this out with all due respect. I said, this would be one Big Daddy, bro. And I pulled up my sleeve, showed the Big Daddy tattoo, and he turned and looked at it. And, and, you know, Slip gave me the, uh, Daddy gave me the, uh, the thumbs up on that one, bro. So that's a story that I'll never forget. It's a long, long, long time ago, man. You know, it's those experiences, J-Rod, that they can never take away from you. Although I've been on national TV, I've made some movies. You know, I, it was all about supporting my family and, and health insurance. And I fought ahead for that stuff as a guy who's older now. And I was successfully able to retire from working behind the walls. And, and all these different experiences while I was taking care of my family and putting food on the table, that's the most important thing. And making sure that you have that steady, that's what I did. But I branched out into this, everything from bounty hunting to being on Talk Soup to being on CNN. And we'll, we'll talk about all that stuff. But that was a great story. We're talking East Coast here, out on the West Coast. Bro. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. And uh, my cousins, they're big, they're big wrestling fans. They're big wrestling fans. I used to watch it with them uh, whenever I was little or what have you, but I never became a fanatic, man. So if we, we we're talking about uh, my cousin Chris. Shout out to Chris. His favorite is John Cena, and you sent me a picture of you uh, and John Cena <laughs> together, man. So I can't well, wait. I, I bodyguarded him that day. Yeah. Uh, 
were a couple different occasions when I was working for a big wrestling promotion back here. I subcontracted myself out. I trained to be a pro wrestler, but I ended up becoming a professional wrestling manager, which that's where I made a lot of my contracts and contacts. And that's where I subcontracted myself out for different groups, promotions, organizations, and events. And I was able to hook up with Cena a couple of times. You see the photos that I sent you. Let me mm-hmm. just tell you some stories about John Cena for your cousin Chris. Is that a name, right, Chris? Yeah, Chris. John Cena, man, is one of the coolest motherfuckers I ever met in my life. Uh, this was before he blew up. This is when he was thug, John Cena, and he was rapping. I'm talking like 04, Jay Rudd. Uh, 04, 05 is when I had a chance to work with him. And I was assigned to him specifically, so it was a lot of fun. And now, I knew who he was because I'm in that business, but he wasn't John Cena like he is now. Mm-hmm. So he was so cool, bro. He got into rap battles there with local kids from the area of New Jersey and New York, stuff like that. He even took a couple people, and fans would come up, and people in the industry, hey, listen, you, my mom's a big fan, like, you know, your cousin is. And he said, hey, look, can you talk to him? Say hello. John took, Cena took the phone started talking to family members and stuff. That's how cool and humble that dude was back then. Mm-hmm. And he even had rap battles with some young, inspiring stars that were trying to get into the game. Right. And, and John was just the coolest, most real dude down to the down to the earth. And you're talking about realist podcast, and there you go, John Cena is real. He was just cool to me. And, you know, I haven't seen him and been in touch with him in a long time. But, man, those are the opportunities, Jay Rudd, that I talk about that could never be taken away. I was blessed and fortunate enough and honored enough to be able to work with Cena, bro. It's awesome. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So we talk we talk about wrestling. So how how you how'd you get into wrestling, man? Like what like sparked that, you know what, I'm a, I'm be a professional wrestler. I'm gonna do what I do. Well Jay Rudd, it's a long story and, and, and your fans could tell that, you know, I, I could talk forever because I have a lot of information. I've been around a long time so I have a lot of stories. But I'll give you a quick synopsis. I'll break it down. You know, back in the 80s, you know, when I was your age, uh, even younger, I went to wrestling school here uh, on the East Coast. I had some injuries, but didn't lead on to it because I was in great shape. And I was trained and attempted to be trained by the WWE legend who now runs Paradise Alley along with WCW WWE legend. Now, your fans will know if you go out and Google it, Paul Roma. Mm-hmm. from the four horsemen power and glory pretty wonderful young stallions that's what we got going on here at the east coast paradise alley pro wrestling run by four guys that work for vince in the wwe and the biggest name our trainer paul roma google it jay rudd this dude's a physical specimen again we're all ogs brother but we decided they decided and i hooked up with them because i had been retired from the business i was just inducted into the pro wrestling hall of fame here in new england so i'm very fortunate and blessed for that that's what's up so i started off training didn't really work out i had injuries and it was the toughest thing i ever did now jay rudd i'm going to tell your fans this i've been in martial arts i've been behind the walls i'm not the biggest baddest that's not what i'm saying i was a bounty hunter but i know how to take care of myself with respect and interpersonal communications and breaking it down to people mm-hmm. and I don't take shit from anybody and I've been around the baddest in the world and been able to hold my own because it's all about your demeanor and treating people and not judging people for who they are what mm-hmm. they are where the fuck they come from you treat people how you want to be treated right and so that's that that's really what it what, it, what it's all about mm-hmm. so I, I I learned a lot of things that way to be in order to have respect and to get through life and I, I know I'm rambling on here so that's why I got behind the walls. I had a family. 
I always kept that dream on the side, off to the side, Jay Rudd, of being a wrestler. So I figured I couldn't really do it that way. So let me do it with my verbal skills. Let me put myself over. I'll take a couple of the big bumps. I'll perfect getting beat down a couple times because that's what the business is, mm-hmm. whether it be martial arts, boxing, wrestling. It doesn't matter what kind of sport. Professional wrestling, although scripted, Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what we know, although scripted. Right. is the most real, again, I'll get back to because I'm on the Realist Podcast, it's the most real thing that anybody will ever do. Anybody out on the West Coast, East Coast, you want to challenge, you want to talk, I'll get you down to Paradise Alley and get your ass in the ring and let Mario Roma handle you for five minutes and you get out and tell me how <laughs> fake it is. It's like being a stuntman. You might say it's fake because, because, yeah, scripted. I'll give you that, choreographed. But, bro, you watch it, your fans watch it, you see the physical ability, and you see the dudes and the injuries and legit, and I could preach myself who's had back surgery, three shoulder surgery, six concussions, broken ankles, hip problems, stuff like that, aroma with a fused neck, arm, Mancini needs replacement shoulders, man, and we got dudes your age that are breaking their ass, and mm-hmm. what it does to your body, you know, we'll all be crippled by the time they get this age. Right. And to be able to trust somebody else, Jay Rudd, with your body, that's what you're doing. i got to trust Jay Rudd with my body that he's going to take care of me, protect me, and in turn, I got it. Jay Rudd got to trust me mm-hmm. to protect him, or one of us is walking out of there paralyzed right. or broken or something like that. And that's the fact. Mm-hmm. I mean, people don't understand that, so you want to say fake and all that and scripted. So I learned to be a talker, a promoter like you, mm-hmm. advertising, branding, and I said, let me get in that way by doing voiceovers and commentary and broadcasting and managing and bringing in my own group of, of men, and I hit big success, and I've been able to work with over, over 30 or 40 WWE Hall of Famers and work with every star from current day to back in the day that you could think of in, in my over 30-year career. And I, you know, I, so I stuck as being a manager. I'm not a pro wrestler, pro wrestling manager. You go mm-hmm. on Twitter and look at my bio, and now I'm hooked up with Paradise Alley. These guys are something, and we have a guy that was our first student, Romario and Paul's first student, along with Paul Perez and Big Steve Tracy, the bondsman, the bounty hunter, Richard Holiday, the most marketable man in wrestling, the current Caribbean heavyweight champion for Major League Wrestling. You Google Richard Holiday. And you'll see he's down with MJF, Max, from AEW, the biggest heel, who's your age, Jay Rudd, mm-hmm. one of the biggest stars in the world, MJF. So that was the first student to come out of Paradise Alley. They trained and it was become a big star in MLW. I hope he ends up in AEW with MJF, uh, the dynasty. Google that. Fans go to the Internet and the website and hit up ParadiseAlleyProWrestling.com. And you'll see that's the group that I do all their broadcast TV stuff right now as their commentary. And uh, we're hoping to come out of the COVID, Jay Rudd, and start running some shows because we had some great shows. And I, I know we were talking about my career, but I'm just giving you a, a whole general background of what's going on here in the East Coast with Paradise Alley and letting people know who I am and what we do. And, uh, yeah, so I had a successful career. I retired in, like, 07. Mm-hmm. And worked with everybody from Dusty Rose to King Kong Bundy to Sergeant Slaughter to Superfly, Jimmy Snooker to Terry Funk. And if your fans ever watch the documentary Beyond the Mat with Jake the Snake Roberts, Mick Foley, Terry Funk, I worked with all those guys. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the one thing, Jay Rudd, that it is, it's the brotherhood. 
yeah. the brotherhood of the community, whether it be music, which is uh, similar to pro wrestling, is something that I'm, uh, you know, that's why at my age I still have the passion. I'm still going through it, and uh, that's the one thing they can never take away. The road stories, J. Rod, the brotherhood. Mm-hmm. It's family, bro. You know oh that. yeah, for sure, for sure. Speaking of road so stories, let me, man. Let me pipe down. And let, yeah. Let you, uh, Run on a little bit. Yeah, man. Yeah, speed of... Ro- I mean, I just wanted to know if you had any crazy road stories, man. Man, really? You're going to ask that on the realest podcast in the world, yeah, right? I got, Man, I got to. I got to, man. What are some crazy... Or, you know what? I mean, man, first I and foremost, I've man, always... Bro. I've always wanted to know, though, if, if I ever asked a professional wrestler, I always wanted to know, what's it like getting hit with a chair? One was from behind the walls, but five were from the world of professional wrestling. I was hit by an oversized for real stop sign by the late, great two-time world wrestling entertainment heavyweight champion, mm-hmm. Yokozuna. I've been caned and, and, and kendo stiff by Justin Credible, uh, the ECW extreme icon uh, world champion. I've been beat down by the legend with a kendo stick by Tommy Dreamer, the Sandman. I've been in barbed wire thumbtacked fire matches with ECW legends like Balls Mahoney and Homicide and Jason fucking Knight. It's all on video. It's all on my social media. If you go to my Twitter, I'm very, very active. If you listen to the podcast, you'll see the history that I did everything from barbed wire and fire and and hardcore Mm -hmm. to regular traditional uh, Bruno San Martino stuff. And and listen, I don't know if your audience is into this. Uh, You know, I don't know if they know in the history uh, if you watch Dark Side of the Ring, uh, you'll understand what, what, what professional wrestling can be about, the good and the bad. And I've worked with a lot of those guys. I implore people, if you want to watch TV, and you want to go to Vice TV, the Vice Network, and check out Dark Side of the Ring. They just finished up with Owen Hart story. Mm-hmm. They've had the Road Warriors, Dino Bravo, Macho Man Savage, Chris Benoit murders. Guys, you will be riveted. They also had New Jack. And if you know anything about New Jack... You check him out. I have actually was in the locker room and worked with New Jack a couple of times on the same card. What an incredible dude and uh, someone not to be trifled with, not to be fucked with, because his brother would stab your ass for real. Hmm. Check out the mass transit incident on YouTube through ECW and New Jack and Mustafa. I want you to go out and check that stuff, Jay Rudd, and your audience, and you'll see what I'm talking about, about being real. Mm-hmm. And, and the extreme hardcore stuff and the stuff that I've also done in my career and your fans would be hooda Jay where did you find this guy the guardian of chaos because <laughs> the history's there bro it's documented yeah, it's all out there uh, and, you know I appreciate your time dude because uh, uh, I heard good things about Jay Rudd who's on the rise bro I'm hearing good things otherwise I wouldn't be on here Yeah, you know, I get a lot of requests I get a lot of appearances and when Vinny Beetle and, and you know Jay Jay you know he's a fucking scumbag, right? <laughs> you know that, right? Uh, I've heard and stories. I've heard stories. Hey, hey, you know I was uh, I was on this I was on this show. Did you t- episode twenty three? It's called "Dude, Where's My Cows?" It was my first. Absolutely, absolutely. You should see the artwork for it too, man. You know he he does the artwork for it. And my face, if you were to look at, and I'm gonna send you the artwork. Uh, if you were to look at my face, it actually looks as if like I'm saying, "Dude, where's my cows?" I have that face that Patrick Star. I have that face that Patrick Star was making in that one episode, wherever he was trying to figure out what to order at the Krusty Krab. 
<laughs> I was like, what is going on, man? But yeah. Now, now, now Jay, let me let me ask you this because man, I, I'm, I'm even though we talked, you know, a post post show, mm-hmm. post podcast, I, I want to ask you, where can people find you? Because you know, I have a decent amount of followers and fans, and I'm hoping we could put this out on Twitter and YouTube and Facebook and whatever social media platforms that the Realist Podcast is on. Uh, where can people find you on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or Twitter? Because I'd like my people to check you out too, because uh, you got some talent. And again, I'm going to say it: the Sweet Heel is sponsoring you, and you're down with the scumbag. I mean, I, I got to give you props. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. Well, uh, absolutely, guys. If you want to follow me on Instagram, my Instagram is at jrudsworld1997. I post up there daily, and uh, you go check me out. Follow me at uh, on Instagram at jrudsworld1997. I'm on Facebook. My Facebook is jrud, and yeah, the if. It's easy, guys. It's easy. All you guys got to do is just look up J. Rudd on Facebook, and then the logo for my podcast is right there. So I'm right there. And, uh, like, Twitter, I'm J. Rudd on Twitter. Um, nobody likes my Twitter posts for some odd reason. I, I posted Dude, that's so- all right. Your Twitter's about to blow up, bro, and I'm going <laughs> to tell you that for a fact. Yeah. Because I'm going to start following you, kid. I'm going to have the boys over at the Mario and Chaos show start following you. And whenever you tweet something, I guarantee you this, my friend. It'll be liked and retweeted, and let's see. Uh, listen, I'm new to this stuff. I'm OG, but we got a couple thousand followers, bro, mm-hmm. and we don't even try to push it. It's about branding and putting out product. That's yeah. what I do on the media site. That's what we do on the podcast, but especially me, the Guardian of Chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I try to concentrate. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook. Uh, you know, I'm trying to do the YouTube thing, uh, but Twitter's my thing. And you know why Twitter's my thing, although mm-hmm. it's toxic, but I can stay away from that. I'll mute you. I'll change the channel. <laughs> I'll block your ass. I don't really give a fuck. I got to be honest with you. Yeah. But I've also found a community on Twitter that has been unbelievable in the short amount of time. I'm averaging over a hundred followers a month. Mm. Okay, since I've been on. Okay, I've hooked up with, and I have, and this is out to your cousin Chris. John Cena's following the Guardian of Chaos. Oh wow. So you you go to my Twitter account, and you look at my followers, and you see. Everything from regular people, good people, the people who think they're nobodies, but I like them and they're somebodies because everybody is somebody. Mm-hmm. Everybody is somebody, whether it's you get views, likes, that don't matter. You keep putting out content. It's not about proving to other people. It's about improving to yourself. Right. And that's what it's about. And who cares if, if, if you know if people like your content, they view it, that's fine. If they don't, it's not about that. It's not defining you. Exactly. So. So my whole point is, on my Twitter, I have Steven Sharippa, a.k.a. Bobby Bacala from mm-hmm. The Sopranos, following me. I have the legendary, the Russian nightmare from uh, NWA, WCW days, the legendary Nikita Koloff, who's now a man of power, very spiritual, that follows the Guardian of Chaos. I have Mark Merrill, the follower of Johnny B. Bad, who's the most motivational, inspirational man in the world, following me. I have Justin Roberts from AEW who worked for the World Wrestling Entertainment, the ring announcer, one of the most amazing talents in the world who wrote his book, uh, WWE, My Best Seat in the House, uh, where he was bullied by JBL and all that. It's a uh, New York Times best-selling book. He's a top author, Justin Roberts. Go out and get it. It's on audio. Uh, you can purchase it. And the best thing about Justin Roberts' book from AEW, uh, The Guardian of Chaos is in Chapter 4 and 5. Uh, where I had a chance to work in Chicago with uh, the legendary Terry Funk, and I also had a chance uh, uh, in in, uh, in the city in Brooklyn to work with The Rock. Mm-hmm. So this was, and we had like nine or ten thousand people at a grand opening. 
so he was able to put me in the book, and, and that's where it led to Jerry Springer. And uh, so guys like that, guys like JD from New York, who's got the number one YouTube and podcast in the country, in our community, in the world, very controversial, at war right now with the WWE, with everybody from Alexa Bliss to Braun Strowman. He also follows me. He's another guy that very controversial. Your fans go out there and check out on YouTube at JD from New York 206. And, you, you know, Don Tony, these are the guys that, I, that follow me that have a large voice, a large following that are solid in this community. Mm-hmm. You know, so those, those are the people, even Sergeant Slaughter, who choked me out. Let <laughs> 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 me tell you, Slaughter choked me out in the Cobra Clutch when I was with Ron Zombie. Okay, not one of my finer moments, bro. Uh, even, even he follows the Guardian of Chaos. So my whole point is, if you're positive, if your message is positive, mm-hmm. if you stay away from the toxicity, it's very quick, it's expanding, and Twitter's blowing up, and it's far-reaching. And, uh, and I have artists following me, some guys that you will find unbelievable to regular people, people in our community. And I think Twitter can be a useful thing. And you know who I follow on Twitter that's unbelievable? Mm-hmm. And you probably follow him too, Jay Red, because you're a West Coast guy, and I love him. Uh, I follow Ice T, man, because he knows how okay. to drop some knowledge. For yeah, sure. man. Yeah, Ice T knows how to drop some That's knowledge. somebody to follow. You want to follow somebody on Twitter? Follow Ice T. Is a guy who's coming from, who's coming from, wisdom. Mm-hmm. Who's coming from a guy that I respect, who's experiencing, and he's trying to pass it on. Let me ask you this, Jay. Speaking of Ice T, speaking of West Coast. Now I know you're out in California. We're on the West Coast right now while we're taping this. It's it's two o'clock. Standard time out here in the east. So uh, out there, what are you? Eleven o'clock in the morning. So little after eleven, uh, Jay Rudd. It's a little after eleven. Eleven o'clock in the morning. This is excellent, man. Mm-hmm. Now let me ask you a question. Your area, you're in the Modesto area. Give my fans uh, that are listening in the general audience out there what it's like to be out there on the west coast, the area of Modesto that you live in. What's the attractions? Because I'm interested in that. And then we'll get, a, you know, I, I would love to ask. It's like I'm interviewing you, too, but uh, I love it. Give me a little rundown, Jay, on the Realist Podcast and what's going out there on the West Coast in your area. What's going on here in the West Coast? Well, man, I mean, because of all this COVID stuff, man, everything's getting shut down. Well, um, th- well, things are slowly starting to open up. Things are slowly starting to open up. But you walk around, dude, and it's just like masks everywhere or what have you. Um, but uh, as far as Modesto, I mean, the only thing I could really think of, the main attraction over there in Modesto is just the gallo the gallo people they're like uh the gallo center people come over there and just like perform at the gallo there's uh who i went to go see i went to go see a band a couple years ago called for king and country they're christian they're contemporary christian band i went to go see them and just bands go there all the time man so if you guys like um so shout out to modesto and i also work i used to work as a security guard at the bus station over there too nice nice now Speaking of music and speaking of bands and stuff like that, again, uh, I hope I hope your fans that are into the music industry are, are listening to some of the names and are going to Google what I'm talking about out there because I'm turning you on to a whole generation of stuff that will be unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about bands. I'm listening to one of the classic ones right now. Again, as we're here on the, the realest podcast in the world, my boy Jay Rudd, because it's Jay Rudd's world and it's social media madness. That's for damn sure. I'm telling you. Power of <laughs> power, bro. <laughs> I want you to go to Tower of Power. I'm oh, sure God. your fans are familiar. What is hip? This is when I, this is from the 70s, bro. You gotta remember, J. Rudd. 
starting of chaos is a product of the 70s, brother. Mm-hmm. And then when I was your age, it was the 80s, and it was the time of my life. I went out, and I followed bands. Like, you know, a lot of people that were deadheads and stuff like that, follow around the Grateful Dead and stuff like that. Not me. Mm-hmm. I was from a different era because of where I grew up and how I was raised. I followed around the Commodores and Earth, Wind, and Fire and the OJs and, and Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes and Marvin Gaye and Luther Vandross and Barry White. Now, don't get me wrong. I was into my ZZ Top, my Leonard Skinner, my Allman Brothers, my Steely Dan. But that's why you have to have a repertoire, repertoire to be versatile and to be able to listen to everything and accept and appreciate everything. And that's what I grew up on, mm-hmm. the sounds of Philadelphia and Detroit and Motown and there was nothing like that. You go back and listen to that genre, and I know we're bouncing around all over the place from the scumbag to Sweet Heel to Paradise Alley to Pro Wrestling to the Guardian of Chaos. That's what the, the show's the all about, man. That's what the show's all about. I bounce around. <laughs> well, add all the women organic, and that's why you're good at what you're doing. Mm. I, you know, I checked out your podcast before. I mean, I was lucky enough to be invited on as a, as a guest, and you're, you're quickly catching on fire, so I'm hoping this helps us all out. But growing up in that genre, bro, people go back and research it. Man, the world has changed so much. If I can express that to the audience and, mm-hmm. and the people out there, especially out on the West Coast, because they say that the West Coast is the mirror of the country, the United States of America. That's the mirror. That whatever the West Coast is doing, that, that, that that's what the United States is going to end up doing somewhere down the road. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because I got a lot of friends out in Cali. Trust me, I hope to get out there someday, but... Some things I don't like about what's going on out here on the West Coast, bro. And, and, and that's the generations. You sound like you would have fit right back in with us in the old school, brother, in the 70s and 80s. Uh, and that I can express that to people. And again, I know I'm rambling here, but Earth, Wind, and Fire, September, is just nothing like it. And, and it's feel good, and it's, it's longevity. Mm-hmm. It's a song that you can listen to when you're a kid and then 30 years from now. Now, what kind of music, Takashi 6 9 whoever's going on right now, the big stars out there, all the female rappers, are you going to say 20 years from now, 30 years from now, when you're my age, that that was timeless, that that was music that, that was that good, that still connects to the people today? Hell no. And that's what that... Right, <laughs> you, you get Hell it, no. And that's why, that's what I'm talking about, the era of where I come from in the music and fans, go out and experience it. And you won't regret it. That's that's my opinion, brother. Yeah, man. And and, and, and there's there's no no shade, no shade out there to Takashi. You know all those the, all the bad babies no, no, and no stuff shade, like that. No, no shade. shade, man. I'm just saying, you know, that's just not really, you know, that's not really my style. And you know what I'm Who looking. Who are you into? Give me your top three artists. Man, in, in, in your mind, right now, your top three artists. My top three artists, dude. I'm a, I'm into all that uh, '80s '90s uh, rap music, man. So when, whenever I, uh, I Ice Cube. Uh, I have Tupac, and what's the other one? I have one that I listen to all the time. Oh, that's and uh, Biggie, dude. Well, that's that's timeless. That's good. Timeless, music. man. Yeah, back yeah, whenever, as, back as a man, as a man who was in his thirties at that point, because that's when Biggie and, and, and Tupac and that genre of music, N.W.A., who I saw personally, I had a chance to see N.W.A. I didn't work for them, but I had a chance to see them as an older guy. So when that kind of music was coming around, because I come from Run DMC and I come from that era when that was started, you know, you want to talk about uh, 
Grandmaster Flash and the Africa Bambata and the Soul Sonic Force and the Furious Five and Melly Mel. Like I said, Run DMC, even Kashyyyk and D-Train and, and, and the, the Manhattans and, and, and the Spinners. That's, that's where I come from. And the early rap scene, too, of where it started here on the East Coast uh, in, in the Queens and in the New York City area. So I was around to experience all that. And let me tell you something, as a guy who was working in the strip clubs, because I was a bouncer from every club, Connecticut to Florida, bro, and all points in between, I was a doorman and a bouncer. And I'll never forget working at the strip clubs in the city and here in, in Connecticut and in, in the inner cities, uh, stage door Johnny's and scores and places like that. And let me just tell you what, bro, 94, and this is where I really got turned on to it. And that's what lets you know that I wasn't a kid. I wasn't 18. I wasn't 20. I wasn't 25. I was in my 30s. But when the chronic hit, mm. let me tell you what, with, with dog and Dre and all that, I'll never forget middle 90s after the clubs had closed the strippers had gone we hanging out doing our thing in the club you know afterwards we always hung out with you know the workers and man it was one night jay rudd we stayed there until about shit till the sun came up after it closed and i'll never forget laying in the middle of the dance floor bro on the stripper stage <laughs> with all the lights and stuff you know we had done our thing back then man i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna be honest i'm gonna keep it real i'm, I'm on the realist podcast so yeah, i have man. to keep it real heck yeah so we did our we did our thing, you know, we hit it up, and I'll never forget, we listened to that album, The Chronic, by Dre and them, over and over for about shit. We had to start at about 3 o'clock in the morning, so we did it for a good three hours, had a couple nice cocktails, did our thing, and I'll never forget just getting into it and the groove and the atmosphere, and I really felt The Chronic in 94, and that's something, one of the few things from that era that will be timeless, just like Tupac's. Tupac's music that sends a message and that's why it's still relevant today mm -hmm. to all these artists that will in 10 years you're not going to remember Jay Rock. Exactly. Exactly. You hear all these artists that are getting influenced by all these old school rappers but then 10 years from now we ain't going to be listening to these new rappers that are out. Well you'll notice that in the new genre and even back in the 90s and early 2000s when you, when you were young in your childhood you noticed that a lot of the songs that have come out the rap songs that have come out they always have a nice female in the background to make it nice. And right. a lot of the beats in the background are old school beats from back in the 70s and 80s and bands and music. And they've collaborated with the old school and a lot of the new school rappers that came out, especially nowadays and even 10 years ago, they use a lot of the background beats of the legendary Motown R&B classic songs that I grew up on. So I could catch that beat. But then when you come out, J-Rudd, you know, I'm going to get into something controversial here because this is what I do, and this is what's going to get the numbers up on your podcast. When you come out and you start talking about hoes and you start slandering people and you start mistreating people and being misogynistic and racist and homophobic and all that stuff in your music, and then you've got a problem with it, but that's the product that you're pushing out, mm -hmm. and it's becoming mainstream, and, you got, and you're making it like it's okay, and then that's the problem that I have. Okay, I'd rather sit here and listen to something like I'm listening to right now, and I'll throw it out again. Somebody like Midnight Star from 1984, Planetary Invasion, Curious. Go out and listen to that and the positivity and how he to treat a woman and treat society instead of some of the stuff that I see in the community. Now, I ain't here to throw shade on anybody. Right. I love the community. You see that. It's ingrained in me. That's what I grew up on. So no respect to anybody. 
man, when you start talking about hoes and you want to drop, drop, drop racial slurs, let me tell you something. I come from the streets. I came from behind the walls. If anybody was ever called the N-word, it was me more than anybody by, by fellow blacks, by Latinos, by Puerto Ricans, by whites, by all different generations. And you know what? I didn't like it. I didn't accept it. And they said it to me as a term of endearment and a term of respect because they know who I am and where I come from. But that don't mean you get a pass. Right. Because you don't. Because I'm going to tell your audience this. I'm going to keep it real. Because the last fucking word that a lot of people ever heard in their life was the N-word before they got blasted in the face or somebody killed them. And that ain't right, man. Know your history. Exactly. Know what you're talking about. Exactly. And this is... And this is something that's a lot of controversy with people, and this is something that I, I'm glad that we that we brought up because it's something that comes with the music industry that we're talking about. And I've experienced it from the 80s, my friend. And, and let me just tell you something. To me personally, this is my opinion. If you want to at me, that's okay because I can take the heat. We're living in more racial tension and racial times now than it was supposed to be racial in the 70s when I grew up in the MLK era. Right. Okay. And, and it just wasn't like that with me and my friends because we all accepted each other for who we were. We didn't have, we weren't so sensitive. And if you weren't slanderous and saying it in a bigoted way, bro, we live and let live. And I'm a perfect example of it, of how people said that to me in terms of respect. Mm-hmm. But it's something that I don't agree with, Jay Rudden. I would love as a guy from your age, from where you're coming from, from your generation, what you think about how it's being glorified, and I get it because you're trying to send a realist. Again, it keeps coming up on the Realist Podcast. Mm-hmm. You want to be real. You want to tell your audience, but look what it does in social media and what it's created in our society, and I'd love to hear your viewpoint on that, J-Rug, being out there in the Modesto area and being from the demographic age group that you're from. And I'm yeah, keeping man. it real, bro. Keeping it real, man, dude. I'm 22 years old, man. I don't really tell people, a lot of people my age, but you know, I'm 22 years old doing this, man. And the thi- here's the thing with the N word, man. Here's the thing with the N word. What, like Big Daddy said, man. You, some of you guys, you be careful with how you use it, man, because you guys don't get, because you guys really don't get a pass, man. We have people That's that right. there's accountability, bro. There's, there's accountability. You know what it you know what it is you know what it is though you know what it is is that some of these uh, some of these artists these influencers or what have you they take tests they take tests to see if they're a percentage of black and what and they don't care if they're like one percent black two percent black or what have you they take tests to see <laughs> if they if they're black so that way they can use the n word you know what I mean but here's it's the thing it's just not acceptable brother it's just it's not just acceptable. Not it, it's you know it's it's not acceptable and you know and people and uh, and it's weird because whenever I whenever I find white people using it whenever white people call each other nigga I'm just like what the like what the heck is let, this? Let, let, let me tell you something crazy. Let me just tell you a crazy story because this can relate to the generation that's coming after you. Mm-hmm. Now you know I work behind the walls. You know I come from the streets. Okay, research me. And again, I'm going to tell people that you see what I'm all about. Right. And I've ex- been exposed and experienced the cultures different backgrounds and ethnicities and, and that's why I survived. You know why, J-Rod? Mm-hmm. Because it's about your IPC skills and it's about respect. And I know we've taken a turn on the podcast here of going from entertainment and pro wrestling and we're jumping all over the place and we're keeping it real now. But just in, in my opinion, it's not to be accepted. I went from behind the walls and then I went to the high school atmosphere, J-Rod. It's going to blow your, it's going to blow away your audience. 
I'm in a high school atmosphere as a mentor, as authority, as security, okay? I have to come from behind the walls. I have to transition from violence, the constant violence of, of, of where I was, to now an educational system, bro. You ain't that far removed five, six years out of high school. Now, I'm in a high school where the demographic is, my friend, all demographics, whether it be black, white, Hispanic, Asian, uh, you know, uh, South American, whatever, you know, uh, there were uh, big demographic, okay? although the town was known for being traditionally white and Italian. Now, in that school, on a daily basis, I worked there for nine years, Jay Rudd, with wow. Vinny Vigo. And you know Vinny's a scumbag, right? Oh, man. You know that, Jay? <laughs> you know that? Listen, I mean, I it, it, comes, it comes up Vinny every two Vigo. minutes. <laughs> He's a scumbag. He just is. I can't express it any other way than Vinny Vigo's a fucking scumbag. But anyway, I, I worked at graduated from so here's the deal bro mm -hmm. and and listen i'm gonna keep it real here and i ain't trying to offend nobody but i'm gonna tell it like it is and yeah. we got a bunch of people out here and i'm gonna use ghetto terms when i say ghetto that's not targeted at any demographic that's at someone who has the mentality of no matter what race and creed and nationality and religion that you are so so before your audience get that and i saw everyone between the age group of 14 to 19 was here on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. and, and I used to say to these dudes, you know, go to certain areas that I've been into, Chicago or down south or out west, and say that you're going to be held accountable. You guys don't know what you're talking about. It's a lot of respect. Exactly. Whether it, was, whether it was black, white, Hispanic, male, female, Asian, Native American, guess what happened, Jay Rudd? Mm -hmm. Vinny could, everybody was using it. They were using it like you would say, hey, Jay Rudd, what's up, man? How you doing? How you feeling? Yeah. What's going on? Hello? How are you? Yeah. And that's what I heard in the hallways and in the community from every race, from every gender, whether it was transgender, uh, LBGTQ community. And this is where your podcast is going to blow up for controversy, bro, because this is what we bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And that's what I heard. And that's why I used to pull people aside, these kids aside, and say, hey, man, just because Jamie's in this one and that one and, and two chains and, and, and whoever else, T.I., Whoever else that you listen to is using it. doesn't give you the right. You know, it was accepted, Jay Rudd. Mm -hmm. I don't understand coming from my age group, coming from my demographic. I don't understand how that generation is just tolerant of whether, no matter what racial slur you use toward any group, because all groups have a racial slur. You know that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I don't understand. I, I, and I think, this is just my opinion, bro. Not to be political. We'll get off and we'll get back on to some fun and entertainment. But I, I like to get your viewpoint and, and give you mine because we're old school, new school. Right, right. I just, don't, I just don't understand why it's able to occur and it's allowed. And I believe it comes from the people mm -hmm. that are supposed to be. And they'll tell you, listen, I'm no role model. But you are a role model. You're in the public and you're doing your thing and you're putting out a brand and a product and you got your name to it. You gotta own it. Yeah. It's just that simple. Absolutely, man. And and, and, and I feel movies mm -hmm. and I feel music, although it's real, it's mm -hmm. relevant to their background. I get it. Mm -hmm. I just think it's a detriment. Yeah. I'd rather listen to it again. I'm gonna throw this out to you because I keep it's what I do, Jay Rudd. That lady by the Isley brothers. Man, go out and listen to that. You'll never listen to the to, 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 to rap that you don't like ever again or was not for you. And this is what. 
comes from the soul and the heart and the body. The eyes and brothers say, right? <laughs> hey, man. Oh, just real quick. We need to be too serious. Okay. Hey, just, just, just real quick. On this anchor app, it's telling me I got five minutes. It's got five minutes before, uh, before I have to end this. So what I'm gonna do is that I'm gonna save this and then, <laughs> hey, what I'm gonna, do, I'm gonna save this and then, yeah, yeah, we're coming up on an hour. But what I'm gonna do is that I'm gonna save this and then we're and then I'm gonna record a new part. Okay. We're gonna, we're gonna get, we're gonna keep the conversation going. This is the first part. Okay. So, so what are you saying that here with the Guardian of Chaos, Big Daddy, and mm-hmm. on Jay Rudd's world? Yes, sir. The uh, we'll be back on social media madness with two and two, two minutes and two seconds. Two minutes and two seconds, man. Let me, yeah, yeah. Let me. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna keep you on the line. I'm gonna end. I'm gonna end part one. Then we're gonna start part two. All right. All right, man. Stay tuned. We got a lot to talk about. All right, y'all. Peace. All right, guys. Yeah, man. We're back. J Rose World, the realest podcast in the world, and I'm here with none other than the one and only, the Guardian of Chaos, Big Daddy. Well, uh, Jay Rudd, I'm glad uh, the fans came back because we were on a controversial topic. We, you know, we hit the first episode of an hour out of the box. Uh, mm-hmm. Nice to be out on the West Coast, and, and I appreciate it, and I'm glad the fans are coming back for, for part two because, Jay Rudd, we were talking about you know, different genres and generations of music, and we were talking about pro wrestling, we were talking about the music industry, and we were talking about demographics and and, and what music has done, and, and we were even talking about race. So we hit everything on this podcast. And it, it's a pleasure to be uh, here on the realest podcast in the world. But, but can I ask you a question? Yeah, man. I listened to your last episode, and, you know, first off, uh, you know, maybe we can get into the Kobe Bryant and the effect out there oh, yeah. uh, on the West Coast of his passing not too long ago. Maybe we could talk about the Michael Jordan Mm-hmm. A series that was recently on that I watched that was interesting. We could talk about the Undertaker series that's on. We could talk about Dark Side of the Ring. But I want to ask you this because we have this in common. Mm-hmm. Because here on the East Coast, the Guardian of Chaos has a mixed breed, Maine Coon, almost bobcat-like animal that I rescued five years ago. Wow. That was hidden in a cage with a towel over it. And no one would take him. They were going to euthanize him. He was probably two or two and a half years old. It took, it took about a year and a half, maybe it was three, a year and a half for the rescue to, to catch him. Now, my wife and I are very much into animal rescue, and that, that's what we do. It's part of our life. Uh, and so we have the boy here, and uh, he's an amazing animal. It's almost like a dog. He's been trained to be like a dog. and He's such a therapy animal for us to have his presence here in the home. It's like another person. So we're very much uh, animal advocates, rights advocates. And I want to ask you this because this is what I heard, and I'm, I'm glad. Uh, how is your friend, your cat, Kobe? And I heard he's back. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, we were. Uh, uh, as you guys, if you guys listened to the yesterday's episode, uh, um, <laughs> I'm telling you. So Kobe, Kobe's a cat. Um, we, I don't, I don't know the, I don't know the whole backstory. I live in a farm. I have a lot of animals. So Co- Kobe's a cat. It, uh, a lady brought him to us. And so uh, yesterday we were just looking all over for him, man. Like he, like he was lost. He was out of the, he was out of his, uh, he was out of our room, and we were just looking for him. And he was just under the chicken coop, man. He was under the chicken coop, and I was like, I thank God that the chickens did not eat Kobe, man, because Kobe, Kobe's like my friend. Kobe is my friend, you know. The the like you're preaching to the choir here, Jay Rudd. Yeah, the the Kobe Kobe and God are like the only two closest people that I talk to. <laughs> if I ain't talking to Jesus, I'm talking to Kobe. Hey, 
I'm going to tell you this, and that's a good thing. Uh, always being spiritual and, and having mindfulness and mental health awareness is something that the Guardian of Chaos and Chaos Quarter, and that's what we're into here also. And so I'm glad to hear that Jay Rudd, although we keep it real, we are who we are, mm-hmm. it's always important. And that's why on Twitter I follow, and they follow me because of their message of positivity and spirituality and being a good person. I, that's why Charlie Daniels, the musician, John Cena, very spiritual and influ- influential, Mark Mero, Nikita Koloff, those are guys that in my industry and in my business even throw out the road dog. Uh, okay, from from B Generation X. These are guys that are spiritual, that have been in recovery, that have stories of hardship, and they've succeeded. And it's about Christianity. And I'm not saying I'm over religious, and I don't. You know, we've been political out here. We've been racial. We talk about everything from homophobia to bigotry to whatever you want to talk about. But I believe in spirituality and being a Christian. And you don't have to go to a place of worship to be a Christian to be a good person. And that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you send your message and that you're t- that type of guy because for as chaos, as crazy as I am, and the image and the persona and the gimmick, that's one thing that will always stay with me is being spiritual, being good to other people, staying away from toxicity. That's very important in life. And if I could throw that message out there, we, we touched on everything, Jay Rudd. Heck yeah, man. Get chaos, man. This is chaos. Dude, let's talk about Kobe Bryant, man. Rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. Wait, we were talking about, well, again, I'm going to say I'm glad that Kobe's back. Uh, someday I'm hoping that that scumbag listen, you know he's a scumbag right? (laughs) I know, I know know. (laughs) are you well aware that Vinny Beetle is a scumbag? I mean, I've heard stories, I've heard stories (laughs) one of these days I'm hoping that the scumbag and his entourage, because he's one hell of a comedian he's one hell of a stand-up guy Vinny Beetle is unbelievable I've seen him live, I've seen him on YouTube He's a very benevolent guy. He tries to help a lot of guys out. Mm-hmm. Uh, fans, if you're not following Vinny, if you don't know who the scumbag is, I keep saying he's a scumbag because that's his gimmick and persona, and he loves it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's a guy who helps out a lot of people, a great guy. And now that he's hooked up with your sponsor and, and a company that sponsored me before in the past, and I hope to continue the relationship going forward, and that is Sweet Heel CBD. That's right. We talked about it in, in the first part of the podcast, but now that we're opening up on part two, uh, Sweet Heel CBD and that lifestyle of wellness and spirituality, it's all tied together. Uh, it doesn't get better than Sweet Heel CBD. Uh, what Vinnie Beetle does, and again, to wrap this up like a little bow, because this is what the Guardian of Chaos does, uh, spirituality, mindfulness, uh, being a good person, and being positive. If you're going to slander somebody, you've got shit to say to somebody. Either handle it face-to-face in person, yep. or some things are better left unsaid. If yep. you're saying something negative, step back for a second. Yep. I get you want to shoot. People want to shoot. They want to be shock jocks. I get it. But, you know, think about what you're going to say mm-hmm. before you say it. Go listen to songs in the key of life with Stevie Wonder, mm-hmm. okay? And, and, and my Sherry or more and stuff like that. And you'll realize that it's not about that, brother. Music is the connection with all of us to the soul and spirituality and memories and life. And that's what it's all about. And this is a side of the Guardian of Chaos that I don't put out there in the pro wrestling fans. You know, hit me up on Twitter at Big Daddy GOC, and the GOC stands for Guardian of Chaos. Follow me, and you'll see the difference in different interviews and the persona. But because I'm on the realest podcast in the world with Jay Rudd, because it's Jay Rudd's world. Heck yeah. When I'm, that's why I'm giving this different side of the Guardian of Chaos. This is, <laughs> this is the gimmick, the persona, the brand, but this is also a shoot video. 
because, hey, listen, I got to keep it real. Vinny Beagle told me I got to keep it real with Jay Russ. <laughs> is, is, that, is that what he told you? That's what he told me, bro. Is that what he told you? He said I'm you got to keep it real with Jay Russ? He told me. He told me. He said, listen, keep it real with this guy. You know, he's West Coast. He's representing. I said, all right, I got love, man. I got, I got respect for the West Coast, man. I was, listen, I was a grown man during that whole East Coast, West Coast thing. We'll transition from religion to that because a lot of these rappers are spiritual, although involved in, in the street life. Uh, you know, I was a grown man during that East Coast, West Coast thing. And when that shooting happened out in Vegas, I was out there not too far after that. And then before the whole big incident between the Mongols and, and the Hells Angels, you know, you talk about East Coast, West Coast, I could talk about that world too. Because I know that world also from being around and, and having connections, man. I was, uh, uh, you know, not far removed from Lawton, Nevada. A very uh, infamous incident in the shootout between the, you know, the brothers and the eight one, the Hell's Angels and the Mongols. If you go back and look at that, and it's just like the whole East Coast West Coast when Tupac was shot out in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Now you were that was long before maybe your audience time or your time, but I know the history. And you tell me on your research, because I like to bounce around, and I like to get into the music part, because I know you're into that industry, and you like that. And it's something that, that I'm familiar with, that I was wrapped up in. You give me your thoughts on your generation, Jay Rudder, your personal opinion. I feel like I'm interviewing you when I'm on your show. <laughs> tell me your thought, and I, and I lived it as a grown man, your thought on what you've seen and heard from that whole East Coast, West Coast, and the shooting of Tupac, and your thoughts and conspiracy theories. You know, they were involved with each other's women. And yeah. Suge was involved with all that. I'm very familiar because I was a bodyguard, although I never met him, with Suge Knight and all his tactics. You tell me what you, your thoughts are. You see, with the whole East Coast, West Coast situation, man, the only thing, the only conspiracy that I've been hearing um, is that, you know, they, everyone thinks that um, Suge killed Biggie. I mean, not Biggie, uh, Tupac. She'll kill Tupac or what have you. That's, the, that's mainly what I've been hearing. I'm just like, I don't well, know. I've heard, I've, I've heard, and I'll cut you off. I apologize. That's what chaos does. And I want to hear your thoughts. I did hear that conspiracy theory that his boys may have been involved. Mm -hmm. but, but go ahead. But, yeah, I mean, that, that was it. That, that's, just what, that's just what I hear. Um, of the, the, uh, the East Coast, West Coast, man, it's. The, the it's changed a lot. It's, it's changed. changed a lot since that shooting. Now, that was middle 90s. Mm -hmm. Now, here in the 21st century, bro, we're in 2020 now. It seems like it's, it, it's gotten a, a lot better over the years. You know, everybody after that, you know, the community got together in the late 90s and before we transitioned into the, the decade of the 2000s, bro. And, and they all united. And now that game is you see a lot of female stars. And you see how raw mm -hmm. they are. And yeah. You see, it, whether it's Missy Elliott not that long back, you know, and she cleaned up her act, or Nicki Minaj, and you see how raw, even back to TLC, you see how raw those groups are, the females, and the impact they've had on the industry, too. Mm hmm. Raw digger. Well, yeah, it's, it's really changed, but again, listen, everybody's got talent. I just yep. don't find it for me, so. It, it, it's all it's all connected, and again, I just like to hear thoughts from what from what you guys and, and your demographic. By that, I mean, you know, eighteen to thirty. Mm -hmm. What you guys thought on something that I lived, you know what I mean? That mm -hmm. I was around as a grown man. So it's nice to get a perspective. Oh yeah, from a guy like you, so, knowledge on, on what's going on. Oh yeah, man, and social media help uh, helps with 
you know, all that YouTube. You know, you guys can just find stuff on YouTube. So if you want to know anything, if you haven't lived. You didn't have that stuff when I you was have, young. You know what I mean? You, you guys, I mean, whenever you guys were around, you guys were just like finding it out in the news or what have you. Us, we got YouTube. Like we could just look up, we, we, we could just look up East Coast versus West Coast. Bam. There you go. Right there, man. But you know what? I, I, uh, I, I tweeted something. I, I I tweeted something. Oh, which oh by the way, let me plug my plug the rest of my social media. Uh, if you guys want to follow me, uh, if you guys want to subscribe to my YouTube channel, it's Jay Rudd. Get me up to a thousand subscribers, man. Uh, I'm at 951 right now. Get me up to a thousand subscribers. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. And uh, if you guys want to follow me on TikTok. Uh, it's at jrud50. I used to, I, I used to be on it all the time, doing duets and stuff like that with all the beautiful women that I see on there, what have you. But I mean, yeah. But then I had it. I'm telling. I'm, I mean, I mean, I, I have my days. I have my days. But I had, I had to delete it because I had to delete it because. Uh, hey, throw on a little Isaac Hayes, hey, J. Rudd, Throw on a little Isaac Hayes, man. You'll be getting it in real quick. That's OG shit. <laughs> and I know. Listen, I know. I get into different characters and different modes and stuff like that. But this is real, bro. I'm telling you. This is real. This is real when Chaos is doing different things and different gimmicks and personas. It's all the combination of who the Guardian of Chaos is. Yeah, man. So I, tweet, I tweeted something, but um, somebody, but I, I read about this, and it was Usher. I mean, and I love Usher. Usher said that, um, that uh, Nicki Minaj is a product of Lil' Kim. Basically, he was just saying oh, of that. Yeah, yeah. He, he he was saying that uh, that Lil Kim paved the well, way for Nicki Minaj. In my mind, and I hate to cut you off, and maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe your audience could correct me. Maybe you could correct me. And she was a product of Missy Elliott. Oh, sh- and, and and before that, Missy Elliott was a product of Queen Latifah. Exactly. I mean, if you could look at the passing of the torch, just like in pro wrestling, when when Hulk Hogan passed the torch uh, to Stone Cold, the Stone Cold passed the torch. Uh, uh, for the Rock, the Rock passed the torch to John Cena. Uh, John Cena passed the torch to Roman Reigns. I mean, it's the same concept, and, and these industries are the same. Right. And, and, and do you agree with that as far as the music industry? Exactly, man. And and, uh, and people, but people got mad that Usher said that. People were like going ballistic. I was like, yo, I don't think Usher meant that in a disrespectful way. I'm just saying, yo. Before before Nicki Minaj, there was Lil Kim who paved the way. It's all about it's all about influence. Who influenced you? You know, what I mean, who influenced you to do what you do? If you ask Usher who his influences are for him to do what he does, he's pro- he's probably gonna say Bobby Brown, Michael Jackson. If you ask Chris Brown, he's probably gonna say Michael Jackson, freaking, um, uh, with James Brown. You know, they're gonna name people who well, came here's, before here's them. What I'm gonna say to you, and I'm, and I'm glad that you're on this, and I'm not gonna go back to the era of James Brown because this is a conversation that we can go on with forever. Oh yeah. And I'm gonna give you, you tell me, in the last 20 years, as a guy who's a little bit older, guess I'm older than the Super Bowl, the Guardian of Chaos, because Dad, you know, I'm. <laughs> here is my, in the last 20 years, as a grown man, okay, your age and up. Of who I think, I'm not, again, I'm not going to get into the legends before that, who I think and who influenced me. I'm going to talk about current day and talent that I've seen transition. And here's my Mount Rushmore. You tell me. Mm-hmm. Usher. Mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake. Okay. Michael Jackson. Prince. And then I'm going to throw in an alternate new school. And he's got a long way to go. And that's Bruno Mars. Give me your thoughts. That's good. That's good. I like it. I, I, I like Justin. I know. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't put Justin Timberlake on mine, dude. Mine's. Uh, mine's. Um, Usher. Well, give it to the, there you go. Let me hear it. Mine's Usher, Chris Brown, um, Usher, Chris Brown. Can I, what's the dude's name? I keep on forgetting these dudes' names, man. 
got you on the spot, J. Rudd. Yeah, you got me on. You got me on the spot. Let's see. <laughs> you got me so Usher. Okay, Usher, Chris Brown, Bobby Brown. Can um. Uh, let's see. Uh, for turn. Give me one more, brother. You gotta give me one more. I got. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna give you one more. Who's a good? Who's a, and uh, Jackie Wilson. Those, now listen, now those are good choices. Mm-hmm. Now, give me your thoughts as a guy in your generation. Again, you know, we're on the Realist Podcast, and I feel like I'm interviewing you. I, you know what I'm saying? But this this is how organic and ad-lib, and this, this is this is what it's all about. You know? and, and again, I'm, I'm learning about what's going on on the Realist Podcast. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on it, maybe it's a little bit before your time, but you've seen their work. Mm-hmm. How could you not? And again, I'm not disagreeing with you, but we'll go, we'll banter, we'll go back and forth, old school versus new school, mm-hmm. because we are old school thoughts with new school thoughts. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. How do you not put in Prince or Michael Jackson? How does that? I mean, is it be, is it because it's a little before or your influence? I mean, I'm I'm just saying those to me are probably the top two talented artists. In the history again it's all a matter of opinion there's no right and wrong answer exactly exactly you, you got so you, your, your thoughts your thoughts on prince you, and michael jackson my thought on prince, dude michael let me tell you something michael was you think you think that people you think that people go uh well you had me on the spot i was gonna put i was gonna say michael jackson <laughs> yeah i was gonna say michael i was gonna say michael <laughs> Well, you could put it in there. I put Michael in there. You could put Michael in there. I I I put Michael in there. But Michael, if you you talk about celebrities, if you know, whenever we get, whenever we see a celebrity like Brad Pitt or whatever, you know, we go ballistic. But whenever celebrities see Michael Jackson, they go ballistic, man. Michael, he is the king of. Michael was just fantastic. He's the king of pop, bro. He's the king of pop. Hey, when they see the Guardian of Chaos, they throw water bottles at me. I'm t- <laughs> I tell you. No, man, but Michael, dude, I, I don't I don't believe any I don't believe any of the whole child abuse stuff, man. I don't believe it, man. I think it was the well, media. What's your, what, what's your thoughts? What's your thoughts on that? But again, listen, I'm coming now. Listen, I'm coming from a different view. This yeah. is what's good about your podcast. We're not just talking pro wrestling. We're talking about life, reality. You know, that that's just what we're talking about, current mm-hmm. things. Now, as a guy my age, now, now as a parent, I look at it differently. Whether it be someone like, we could talk about this too. We could talk about R. Kelly. Now, oh, as a parent, <laughs> my mind's telling me no. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, and as and as I do that, I'm sitting here listening to something that's the most relevant song. It's, it's unbelievable. Again, I hope the fans are writing this down and listening to this, and we'll get back to that. Al Green, mm. let's stay together. This is. Unbelievable, Marvin Gaye. What's going on? Listen oh, to yeah. that music, feel that sound, and these men were ahead of their time. But back to that, as a parent, I wouldn't listen. I get it. I don't. I don't know. If, we'll never know the story of that, J. Mm-hmm. Rudd. Okay, we're keeping it real here on your podcast. We'll never know the story of that. I was a grown man through that. I was a parent. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put my child being starstruck. Mm-hmm. in that position to where I would feel comfortable enough with leaving my child with someone, whether they're a celebrity or not, role model, uh, or priest, it doesn't matter. I wouldn't feel comfortable letting my child, especially in this day and age. Mm-hmm. That's just me. And then we can transition into that whole R. Kelly stuff and the right. way those ladies and girls are. Right. Give me your thoughts because he's current with you, R. Kelly. And if you've seen that documentary and what, this is what I talk about when it comes to 
using racial slurs and race and what's happening in this country. And then you have stuff like that with R. Kelly and, and what it does. You know, I'm going to make this analogy, and then I, I would love your thoughts on R. Kelly. You're in a bar, J-Rod. Mm-hmm. You're at a cookout, man, okay? And I'm going to keep it real here. Okay. Sweet, sweet girls come walking into the club, come walking into the barbecue, you know, your backyard barbecue party that you're having, okay? Now, two out of them three girls, you know you hit them off before, or you've been with them before. You you feel me on it. You know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Now, you don't know the third girl. This is where people are wrong, but this is what we do naturally as humans. Now, the third girl, Jay Rudd, don't know at all, but he knows the first two girls, and he hit them off. So what's Jay Rudd in natural, and again, it's not judging people, but what's Jay Rudd thinking about the third girl without knowing her? What are you thinking? I'm third. Uh, you thinking that? Yeah. Tell me what you're thinking. Uh, who is this girl? <laughs> no, you're, listen, okay, I'm thinking, and this is where we'll get on track, if I see the same concept, I'm going to think that the third girl is just like those first two girls. Exactly. Because I hit them off, and that's being judgmental. I get it. Maybe that's not right, but that's what I'm talking about, Guilty. By association, the way you represent yourself, uh, R. Kelly, and the things that he do, and he did with these girls and all the allegations of underage girls and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It all ties in together on reputation, on what you do, on owning it, and being aware of your surroundings, and being a parent. I wouldn't let my child be, I wouldn't feel comfortable whether you're a celebrity or you're a regular guy, unless you're a family member or something like that, or a trusted friend that I know. Because anything could happen that's been proven in this world. Mm-hmm. So that that's where I'm coming from with that, and that's why I made that. It seems like a chaos. What the fuck are you talking about? Three girls coming into a party or a barbecue. The whole point is, you don't know the third girl, but you know what the first two are about, so right. you're assuming the third girl is the same fucking way. And that was the point. <laughs> okay, all right. As I'm listening to Quincy Jones. As you're listening to Quincy Jones. That man in the world. That's right. Right, right. Hey, listen, you know he launched the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, right? Oh, yeah. You know that, Absolutely. Dude. Speaking of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I got a little joke. Let's transition to something a little funny. I hope I get this right. How do you find Will Smith in the snow? Come on, Jay Rudd, audience, think about this. On, on the realest podcast in the world, Jay Rudd's world, the social media madness, how do you find Will Smith in the snow? How do you find Will Smith in the snow? You look for the Fresh Prince. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know that was so corny. Uh, that's I, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> you look for the Fresh Prince. There you go, my friend. There you go, man. Mm. So you know, we bring a, we bring a little levity to that, uh, Jay. So so what do you what do you got for me here on the second part of this? Uh, it's been a pleasure. It, it, it's been an honor. I mean, the realest podcast. I can see why you're growing by leaps and bounds. We're going to spread this on social media. Mm-hmm. And if, so where do you want to go here, Jay Rudd? Because I'm, I'm we could talk about the movie that I made. We could talk about talk seat talk soup fans. You go out to. I believe it's Amazon. Listen, when it first came out, it was like fifteen ninety nine on on, uh, on on DVD. Mm-hmm. I was in a movie uh, called uh, Six Figures, and that's S I X figures. Like you make money, six figures. Mm-hmm. You go, you go out and, and research that because it was a long time ago. It was a B movie. It you know didn't go to theater, but I played a bouncer in a strip club. Okay, and the lead actor was a, a guy named Ty Shitty, and the whole thing was about this rapper who wanted to 
get enough money to record a rap album. He didn't have the money. He was a DJ in a strip club. So the DJ in the strip club recruited the bouncer, one of the strippers, and the maintenance dude in the strip club, this big-time strip club here on the East Coast. Uh, Mardi Gras, it's called. You can research it, the Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. And they planned on the biggest night of robbing the club. Uh, I played a bouncer in a strip club who worked for the owner, Mr. Murphy, who was an old white man, racist motherfucker, walking around with a shotgun and a cigar, but it was his strip club, his girl, he getting blowjobs in the back room, uh, and the whole nine yards, you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So Ty, they decided on the biggest night where they could pull off a couple hundred grand because they were having feature acts to rob the strip club to fund their album. The stripper was going to leave her life and her abusive boyfriend who slapped the shit out of her and go to Cali with her friends, okay? The bouncer was going to off a couple of people after he got this money and he was going to take off with his girl. The one maintenance dude who's cool as fuck called Doorstop, and you'll see him in the movie, he looks like a bigger version of Randy Jackson. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> he was cool. He was getting that money for him and his boys. So they all were going to use it for good purposes. Mm-hmm. Okay? So they decided to take down the club. And the story that leads to that, and he ends up becoming a cross-dresser, the DJ, to try to fool him like he's a stripper. Dude, this movie, for what it was, six figures, you can find it out there, was made by a big movie company. I had about 12 scenes on there. I get to off a couple of people. I play a bouncer. I look like a big mongo. I lift up a car. I clothesline a couple motherfuckers. And uh, you check out this movie. And uh, I had a great opportunity to learn on the set. We filmed it. They filmed a lot of it in California. I was lucky enough to film it here on the East Coast up in Springfield at the Mardi Gras. And it's a good story for what it is, and it's a good concept. I want people to check that out. You can see the trailer, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, all you got to do is Google it, six figures. You'll see the trailer with Ty Shitty. He's got gold teeth. He's got dreads. He's a cool motherfucker. He's got the Ty Shitty show. And I was fortunate enough to hook up with Brandon David, who's out of California and here in Connecticut. And he was the one who made and produced the movie. We had a lot of success. We had a big premiere here. And again, that was good success, which led on to me being on Jerry Springer and Ricky Lake and being able to make some decent connections. So check that out, Jay, Jay Rudd. Six figures. It's raw, bro. It's raw. You'll see some titties and ass. <laughs> you know, we're keeping it raw. Listen, I know we were talking about, listen, hey, how do you go from being spiritual to talking about tits and ass? Because I'm keeping it real, bro. Yeah, man. Because even, spirit, even spiritual and Christians and everybody else gets pussy. I'm telling you, and 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 something and things and things and uh, something about my show is that you know uh, towards like the 50th after like my 50th episode, I said you know what I'm gonna clean up my show because whenever I first started, I started cussing and you know like doing like you know. And, and, you know, I was just like, you know, and I'm listening to the episodes. I'm just like, you know what? I don't like the way that I'm, like, portraying myself out there to the world. So, you know what? Let, let me clean this language up and let me talk about things differently. And let me keep it real with people. Uh, you, just like, you know, without the cussing and without the profanity. You can get your message across. Like, you, you can still get your message across without using all the profanity and stuff like that. That's, that listen, Jay Red, that is a very valid point. And, and even at my age and being in the industry for a long time, I went to Connecticut School of Broadcasting. I've been on TV in front of six million people. I've made movies. I'm in podcasting. You know, I'm retired now. I'm still trying to do this. But I have learned the lesson the hard way, and you have just reminded me of it. And that's knowledge from new school or old school. You don't have to get your message across with being vulgar. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, it comes naturally to the Garden of Chaos. I've been warned. I've been banned and thrown off the FCC several times on TV shows, YouTube, Twitter, and stuff like that. Because it does, you can get your 
you can't get your message across without cussing and stuff like that. But sometimes it just happens. You keep it real. It comes mm -hmm. out. And you know sometimes when you're the good old boys club and we're around with the men, we're in the locker room, we're the brotherhood, you know how it happens. Yep. And that's just the way it is sometimes. There's no disrespect. But that's a valid point that you make because you don't have to be that way. Right. Although you could see that's why the Garden of Chaos is called. I bring the heat, bro. I am the Heck yeah, man. <laughs> and I just want to... I, I, I keep it real and I go both ways, but you make a valid point, Jacob. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And, you know, and after I made that decision, I was just like, you know what? I want to be able to, inf like, influence, um, influence the young generation. You know, people who are, like, younger than me. You know, I want to be able to... Um, to be a voice, you know what I mean? To, to, to be a voice uh, to the young generation because as of right now, we don't have, when you look at the role models, we don't have a lot of good role models right now. We, we do, I, I'm not really looking at like any like good leaders that we have right now. I don't know if, um, I don't know if you know of any like good leaders that are out there, but you know, whenever I'm looking well, that, at... That's, 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 a, that's a valid point, uh, Jay Rudd. And that's why a guy like you who's on the game will transition like we do in, in, into certain things because it's been an ad-lib organic conversation here on, 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 on Jay Rudd's world, and this is what I appreciate. Role models, in my opinion, as someone, if I could pass on wisdom, just like you passed on wisdom to me, and that's what I want to tell people. It doesn't matter if you're 56, 26. We always are learning. Mm -hmm. We could be taught by someone who's 18, 26, 36, or 86, especially in this hard times. Mm -hmm. We can be taught by other people, and you always have to be willing to be open and accept knowledge and opinion and not by, be offended if someone doesn't agree with you or see things your way. Right. You can agree to disagree and coexist. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, role models to me, hopefully, because it doesn't always work that way, are people that are family members or hard workers or what you're taught by your family, but some people don't have that family network and that family connection right. and come from broken families and, and things happen that way. So you, you do the best you can and you try to take the best from each person and make it into your own mm -hmm. and who you are and your beliefs. And when you're old enough, obviously people understand that you make the right decision no matter what you were taught, where you were brought up. There comes a time in your life where you know what's right and wrong and to get on the right track, whether you're a product of your environment or not. And this is any race, religion, creed, or culture. It applies to all of us. And you know why? Because we're all human beings. Mm -hmm. and, and, and role model is a tough thing because it could be someone who's in the limelight or an entertainer. Right. Those people also are, we look up to them, a lot of people and are starstruck. They don't have the answers, and they are no different than you are. So look up to someone who's a hard worker who right. works in the public health care or someone who goes to work every day, yeah. and someone who's honest and lives their life the right way, and you see them paying their bills and going to work and being a good family man and brother and father and cousin and uncle and, and nephew and, and that's and sister and mother. That's what it's really all about, in my opinion. Yeah, now, man. there are good role models out there. Again, you see as a man my age, I follow guys that I follow that I think are inspirational. For as much as there's a lot of goofiness, you can have both. Mm -hmm. You don't have to limit yourself. You know, you know what I'm saying? You could be someone who's a goof and has fun and, 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 and is controversial, but you can also be real and be a good person because one thing is as much as you can intertwine the gimmick and the person and the brand, Let's not forget who we are right. and that a lot of this is a work. Right. The guardian of chaos, Big Daddy, is a gimmick, a character, but who is real, mixed in with the real person who I am in real life. But a lot of people get confused and get misrepresented by a character 
mm-hmm. a gimmick, a persona, and the real person. Because mm-hmm. my gimmick and character in the pro wrestling world was a heel and hated and getting heat and, and wanting people to fucking kill me and attack me and get into physical confrontations. That's what my gimmick and my character was. And that's what I portrayed as an artist and performing in front of a live crowd because that's what I, and that's better than any drug that anyone could ever take. So, but that person, people would see me at the arenas and local conventions and appearances and they fucking hated me, J-Rod. Mm-hmm. They had met me after the show and I met their families and kids. You know how I was in real life? And this is where people said, wow, big daddy. Oh, chaos. I have no idea as a character in the ring and as a performer and artist and emotional investment and storytelling and psychology that you bring to your character. I really believe who you are and that's what it's about. But as a person, when I meet you for an autograph and you're doing things for special needs kids and you're doing philanthropy work and fundraisers for kids with cancer and autism and stuff like that, that's the real me. Mm-hmm. And that's when people say, wow, you're nothing nothing like the persona. Right. And that's what I have had to explain to family and friends and even my wife and people who can misrepresent, even in social media, of what you are. And that's mm-hmm. why it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Don't forget there's a person behind that persona. And right. Don't mix the two up. Right. Because I gave my autographs. I was in an autograph room with the Dudley Boys, Chris Jericho, the most famous of the famous, where they were charging 25 or $30 a picture at, a, at an arena for the fans. Special needs kids would come through and I'd give my picture away. First off, I was a nobody. Those guys were stars. They were making a living, and I get it, and I don't hate on that. But I was fortunate enough to be in that crowd, and I gave my signatures away for free to special needs kids. And I would ask the child, you know, what grade are you doing in? And, and It's legitimate. It's real. How are you doing in school? Listen to your mother and father. And parents used to pull me aside and say, as crazy and controversial as your gimmick is, when they get to meet you, they're like, wow, the message that you send, and that's the message that I send if you get to meet me in a real thing. The first part of this podcast was was more of the guardian of chaos, and you see how we can transition, and this is the part that's real about what I'm talking about. And again, I'll, I'll jump back to the whispers. And the fans look it up, and the beat goes on, 1980. Now that's music, the whispers. And I know your aunties, your uncles, your family mem- members, your parents, they can relate. I hope they listen to this podcast don't think that I'm fucking crazy and uh, <laughs> understand the music and where I come from and the genre and the people that I am and I represent. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So this last question, I have one more, I have one more question to ask you because you basically, because I had a list of questions and you basically answered all my questions without me actually asking them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> Jay Rudd. I'm telling you, man, if you were in the interrogation room, you'd probably get arrested. <laughs> Dude, let me just tell you something. I hide nothing. I'm transparent. I reveal everything. I got stories. We could do a 50 episode podcast, but I appreciate you taking your time out of your day to get me on here uh, during all you know hard times right now, the COVID and mm-hmm. everything that's going on, and what you're providing as a platform. And I and I wish you nothing but the best. And you know, I, I greatly appreciate what you're doing. And, and, and you know, Sweet Heel and Vinny and everybody, good people, good things, good product, and your podcast, bro. I see bright things. Uh, coming from the Garden of Chaos. So uh, what, what do you got for me before we wrap it up here, brother? Yeah, well, um, the, last qu- the last question uh, is, you know, um, what do you think, um, what do you think people, hold on, there's a fly just buzzing around my face, man. <laughs> what do you think, 
This thing fly, man. Anything can happen. And and I tell people, it's like they hear. I tell people, it's so real. People hear every stutter, every you know, (laughs) every technical difficulty. So what do you think it? Wait till this hits the airway. I'm telling you, man. Wait till this hits the airway. They're gonna roast me. Man, let me tell you what. We can, we'll get people on here. We'll do the dust all day, kid. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. So I just killed the fly. Okay, so what do you think it takes to make it? You know, as a pro as a pro wrestler, just like anything in life, what do you think it takes to finally reach that level of success and say, you know what, I made it? Jay, that's, that's a great question mm-hmm. to, to wrap it off, man. And, it, and it's a tough answer because I'm still living it now. Yeah. You know, I started as a teenager and, and, and to your age in my early 20s, into my 30s, 40s, and now into my 50s. I'm still at it and still trying to live the dream. I've separated and stepped away from the business several times, but always came back out of passion and dedication. And I'm giving it one more shot. I've retired more times than Michael Jordan, Brett Favre, uh, and all these musicians combined. But I never gave up. Continue to have a dream and believe in yourself. Hmm. No one's going to come knocking on your door. You have to think out of the box. You have to push yourself. You have to have confidence, connections, and and, and be a professional. Uh, You know, some of the things that have held me back in my career has been the guardian of chaos. It has been my outlandishness and my shockiness, but that's been the chaos, and I accept it. But I've never given up on my dreams and I've always pushed forward. And that's what I can relate to the people out there, and especially in your demographic and your age group at this time. If you know what you're doing and you take the bull by the horns and you get out there and push your product and you put your nose to the grindstone and you work hard, no matter who you are, where you come from, this is truly America, and you can make it if you don't give up. No matter what age you are, we are constantly learning. We are constantly pushing and moving forward. And my advice is, Find a couple of different things that you're good at and that you love. Experience everything in life, mm-hmm. but if find something that's your passion and that you love and go for it. And right. don't give up on it. Exactly. And you're going to fail more than you succeed to begin with, and probably in life you're going to hear no's more than you do yes. Mm-hmm. But don't worry about if someone tells you no. If you're good, they'll see you, they'll find you, but keep pushing. Put your brand out there. No one's going to knock on your door. Right. So you have to knock on doors and continue to grind and it's a mental challenge i'm telling you i do it today at this day so if i can relay that message my friend that's what the message is don't give up don't listen you know jimmy valvano said it when he had cancer and he was dying on espn if you go back on youtube and you look at that man that was dying in the jimmy jimmy v foundation in his speech he as he knew he was dying jay rudd Mm -hmm. and his message was and this is my message there's always hope, my friend. There's mm-hmm. always hope out there in the audience. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. And that's the message. You can do whatever you want to do. And that's what I could leave you here as we've been all over on the podcast. And this is what it's all about, J-Rod. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Well, everybody. Dude, the Guardian of Chaos. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> Jay, listen, it's it's been a pleasure. I can't uh, thank you enough uh, for exposing me out to the folks out on the West Coast. Uh, go to www.thedinoshow.com. I'm on Thursday nights uh, on national radio on Dino Costa's website and the worldwide Dino Costa show for Chaos Corner. Now, listen, he's very offensive. He's not for everybody. He's a shock jock. He's extremely talented. But I you know, listen to his show. But I want you to listen to me. 
Uh, usually in the 9 or 10 o'clock hour, I have an hour spot on the chaos segment. Uh, moving forward, I've been on there for several months now. It's an under, unbelievable, controversial uh, show. It's life, politics, uh, everything in between. But it's very controversial. It's not for everybody, so you can change the channel. But listen to Chaos Corner on his show. And you can go back and listen to it on his replays on the episodes that I've been on. And also, like I said, go, I would appreciate it if you go to iHeart and iTunes and, and Stitcher and all the social media platforms and, and listen to the Mario and Chaos show. We're on all the free apps. Uh, we talk about the history of pro wrestling, the current status of pro wrestling, Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling. We're very entertaining. We talk about life, relationships, everything like Jay Rudd does here on the Realist Podcast in the world. Uh, hit me up on social media, on Twitter. I'm very active. You can send me questions. There's a lot of things that we have and big things moving forward. Go to ParadiseAlleyProWrestling.com. The school is back open with legends from the WWE. Uh, we're doing big things. Uh, I have a lot of things in the works. I'm hoping to go national. I have a lot of connections with SiriusXM. And at my age, Jay Rudd, I'm still plugging along, and I'm going to continue to follow you. I'm glad I was exposed. You're a talented, brilliant guy. Not that you need to hear it from me, and I look forward to what – your content is moving on and moving forward in this community, Jay Rudd. Oh, thank you so much, man. Well, you know, we're only we're only going up from here, you know? We're only going up from here. We're only improving. All right, let me know when it's posted. Put it out there to the fans. I hope to see it soon. Jay Rudd, uh, stay in touch with me. Thank you to Sweet Heel CBD, that scumbag Vinny Beetle, uh, the social <laughs> media madness. Uh, and listen, Jay Rudd's world, brother, the realest podcast in the world. I'll talk to you soon, my brother. Stay in touch. Hit me up, and we'll have some fun, brother. Absolutely, man. All right. Thank you. God bless. All right. God bless you. Peace.